0: Lovely to be back after Christmas, back into Code Red. I call it Code Red. I don't think it's called Code Red, but I call it Code Red. And uh, I think most people think it's lockdown, but it's Code Red. Apparently that's different. And, um, and we're back into it, aren't we, for the year. So as I've come back into the year, um, well, I was praying before I went away as well, but also praying and seeking God while I was away. And as I came back about what this year was going to look like, uh, we really did feel that it's going to be a year of twists and turns. And so that's no surprise to have one this early on. And so that doesn't really uh, phase me, I guess. it's. I think it is what it is. But I've been asking the question, Lord, how do you want me to walk? And how do you want us to walk this year? Because we've got some great plans. I'm hoping that before the end of the year, we would have taken our first step onto the new campus. We've got plans with ministries and different things, that we, great things that we want to see happen. But I'm not actually talking about that because they're doings. They're things we'd like to do. What I've been praying about more is being. Lord, how do you want us to be this year? How do you want us to... Uh, be in this season, and I've heard a few things. The first thing I heard quite clearly before the end of last year was that we needed to carry on with Back to the Future, that really we got diverted off that, but there's something that's significant that God wants to do through that theme, Back to the Future, reclaiming something of the DNA of the early church, but in particular, I really sense that he wants us to highlight the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, in your and my relationship with God, it's the Holy Spirit primarily that we're connecting with, that we are uh, working with and through. It's primarily the, the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to take time to know him. And I hope through teaching and preaching uh, we'll learn about him, who he is, what he does, how he functions. But he is Mysterious. My prayer above all is that we know him, that we know him, and that we journey with him. Then as Jan and I were uh, talking and we were discussing various things and praying together, we we both really felt, as we came together to to talk about what we felt God was doing, that he was saying, this year, keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing's loving Jesus. The main thing's connecting people with Jesus. The main thing's loving God, loving people. That's the main thing to keep the main thing the main thing. And then, of course, we just start, I think the, they announced the, the day a week ago, didn't they, that you know, we're code red. And um, so the first thing we had to face on Monday morning was, well, what is the main thing as a team? Because we've got a whole lot of stuff planned that whilst it might be really, really good, it's probably not the main thing. So we made the call to cancel conference as we were going to do it. Now, we've still got some cool stuff going to happen around that. But we, we made the call to cancel it, and to be honest... Even though a lot of work's gone into it, it wasn't that difficult because God said clearly to us, keep the main thing the main thing, and really a conference is cream. So we back up and go, okay, Lord, well, that's, that's not a big deal, you know. We'll, we'll just do that and, um, so that we are well positioned to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing looks different than it used to. I don't know if you've noticed. Just look around. You'll see. <laughs> it looks different. But the main thing is still the main thing. And we're well positioned. We're well positioned to touch the world, actually. And then as I was praying on my own again, and, and, and I was asking, Lord, how, how do you want me to walk this year myself? I felt it, He said to me very, very clearly, Sheridan, I want you to walk free. I want you to walk free. And as I've unpacked that a little bit, uh, words like unencumbered, You know, unencumbered, uh, not having a burden or an impediment. Uh, Unencumbered even means being without debt, making sure that my financial liabilities aren't a weight on me. But to walk unencumbered, to walk free, and to walk it but not to stress it. Walk it but don't stress it. That's what I felt he was saying to me personally. And as I prayed about this morning and today, what he wanted to say, I actually feel that he's giving you exactly the same invitation. Exactly the same. Walk in freedom. Walk in freedom with him this year. Don't let the color of the traffic light or anything else determine whether you're going to be free or not. Walk free in him. Because freedom in the natural is different to freedom in the spirit. Freedom in the natural or lack of restraint in the natural is different to spiritual freedom. So can, can I ask you a question? What, what does freedom, freedom feel like for you? For me, one of the places I go when I think free is, is I love being on the water. I don't care, um, you know, boat, jet ski, whatever it is, I don't care. I just love being on the water. And the second that whatever I'm on moves, I literally, physically feel the weight of whatever I'm carrying just lifts off me. I love it. It's one of the, the best feelings in the world. As soon as it moves, it's just like I change gear into a different zone. And I just go, it's like, oh, freedom. I was going to say wind in my hair, but that would be lying. Wind in your hair. Wind in my face. Wind on my forehead. And... Uh, and I love it. It's absolutely wonderful. But as good as this is, God's got more. You know, that's not the ultimate freedom. That's good. That's a great feeling, but God's got more. Whenever I say the word freedom, my mind goes back to the old movie Braveheart. I don't know when it came out. It's a long time ago now, but um and Mel Gibson standing there yelling out freedom. You know, he was restrained he he was restrained. He uh he suffered terribly, but in his spirit, boy, he was free. He knew what it was about. John 8, 36 says, so if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. If the sun sets you free, you are truly free. So John um, chapter 8 talks about this. I reckon this is good because it all clicks into keeping the main thing the main thing. John uh, chapter 8 talks about this from verse 21. Uh, Jesus is talking to the, the people. He says, I'm going away soon. You'll search for me, uh, but you will die in your sin. Because you cannot go where I'm going. The people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What's he mean? You cannot go where I'm going. Jesus continued, you are from below and I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins, or for your sin. sorry, in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you, they demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard the one who sent me ask me to say, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand what he was talking about. That Sorry, that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me, and the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have not been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You will set us free. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is, a, a, is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. If the son sets you free. In other words, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, it's about the son setting you free. That's where true freedom comes from. So he goes through there, and, and you know, he said, and many, many believed, and then he carried on. He said, look, you're truly my disciples if you remain in my teaching. And, and you'll know the truth. But the truth isn't something I might say. The truth is a person. You'll know the truth. John 14, 6, way, truth, and life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You will know the truth, and the truth that person, Jesus, will set you free. Not might set you free, not could set you free, will set you free. Truth, the truth, capital T, truth, Jesus sets you free. He sets me free. Not religious heritage, not relational heritage. Doesn't matter who my parents or great-granddad was, or yours. Not my family heritage, not tradition, not behavior. The truth sets us free. The truth. Jesus sets us free. John 15, abide in him. The truth sets us free. And in the truth, what's it say? You will be free indeed. If you pull that verse apart a little bit, John 8, 36, it says, If the Son therefore... Um, shall make you free, you will be free indeed. So it says, if the Son, it's talking about Jesus, will set you free, the Greek word there literally means set at liberty, set you to liberty or, or, or make you exempt. If the Son will set you at liberty, well, then you will be free. The thing is the English translation uses the word free twice. The Greek has two different words. It says, in the Greek, it says, so if the Son will set you at liberty or make you exempt, you will be unrestrained. You'll be unrestrained as a citizen. You will not be bound by any obligation. You will be free from the yoke of the law. In other words, you'll be in faith, not works. You'll be in faith, and you're free for relationship." You're free for relationship. Not only are you free, you are free indeed. In other words, the Greek again there means certainly, or it's a fact. This isn't just an idea. This is the case. You are free. That word, um, that means unrestrained and everything as well, means that we are released from our burden to walk under his. And his burden, we know, is light, which is a great thing. Paul and Silas got this, didn't they? In prison. They'd been beaten, they'd been put in the dungeon, they've got shackles on and everything else, and what are they doing? They're praising God, they're worshipping God, they're celebrating Jesus. All the prisoners could hear them, it says. They, they were restrained in the natural. You know, we think Code Red's bad. We're not sitting in a dungeon with our feet in stocks and our own feces that stinking and everything else, worshipping Jesus. Code Red's nothing is it? It's a little bit of an imposition. Nothing compared to these guys and these guys were free. They knew what it was to be free. Matthew chapter 11, no one truly knows the son except the father and no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him, to reveal him, the truth. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free, who the Son will reveal. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden, or the burden I give you, is light. The kingdom of God operates from a construct of freedom. We've made it a whole lot of things it isn't. It operates from a construct of freedom. And it's outworked through faith, hope, and love. That's how it's outworked. But it's all about freedom. The revelation is Jesus. That's what it is. That's who it is. The revelation is Jesus. If you come to Jesus, you receive freedom. That's an amazing thought. We complicate it so much. It's about Jesus put your faith in Jesus, your hope in Jesus, build your life around Jesus, and you will receive freedom. That's simple enough. What's freedom look like? I think it looks like, well, according to Matthew chapter 11, it looks like an exchange, doesn't it? It says if you're weary or you're, heavy, you're carrying a heavy burden, he will exchange. His freedom looks like rest. That's nice. It says to put on the yoke of Jesus. The yoke of Jesus, when it talks about yoke in the, in the Greek, it talks about a beam of balance. is what the word is saying. And the picture is of oxen plowing the, the fields. If you don't know what a yoke looks like, just flick onto Google and go yoke, oxen, and you'll get a picture. And the way that a, a good yoke is set up is that the animal that is stronger and bigger carries the weight. Of the smaller it does more work than the little one. So we put on the yoke of Jesus, He's carrying the weight. He's doing the work. He's. We're just going with it. So we put on the yoke of Jesus, He carries the weight, and it gives us rest for our souls. That's what the scripture says: rest. Boy, I love to live in a place of rest. I'm not a very uh, nice person to be around when I'm not living in that place for very long. I get agitated. I get a bit sharp and snappy when I'm not. Rest doesn't mean doing nothing. You and I are designed to work. It's what we're on the planet for. It was always God's plan. We partner with him in work. But we can work and still be at rest. It's about our souls. And then finally there, Jesus said, take his yoke because it is light. It fits better. And the exchange is freedom. As we come under God's restraint, we actually enter freedom which is a place he wants us to live. It's it's a a picture, really, isn't it? Jesus is saying, look, if you do it my way, you will live in complete freedom. Where did that happen in the Bible? Eden. Hey, there's two trees here, guys. You can have this one, but not that one. Do it my way, you will live in freedom. Do it your way, it's going to lead to death. It's just the picture of Eden, the story of Eden again. We We get to choose. It's easy to say, oh, well, Adam and Eve stuffed it up. But, yeah, but no, no, you and I get to choose now. We either choose Jesus and walk in freedom, or we do it our own way. It's a way that leads to death. We get to choose. We get to own it. So we're currently living under restraint, sure, but in God we can soar, and we can experience freedom. You can experience freedom, despite what the physical... Conditions, maybe. In fact, when I look in the Bible, I see a pattern. I see a pattern that goes something like this. Before freedom, there was always restraint. And actually, maybe at a bit more of a push, I could say before restraint, there's always chaos. Chaos, restraint, freedom. You see the pattern over and over. Noah. Noah was restrained in an ark, and then he was released into a new earth. Joseph was restrained as a slave, and then he was released as a ruler. David was uh, restrained, hiding from Saul, and then he was released into freedom as a king. Daniel was restrained in a den, and then he was released as a ruler. Jesus was restrained in his humanity, and then he was released as the victor and the king of kings. The church was restrained in the upper room, and then it was released as the Holy Spirit came upon them and fell upon them and released them into the world. You are restrained under COVID. And what's God going to release us into? Revival? Maybe he's promised it. Maybe that's what's on the other side of this restraint is the revival that's been promised. But I can tell you this, that I might be restrained physically in some way, God wants to release me, and he wants to release you into freedom. Freedom. Into freedom. So I sense God saying that there may be physical or natural restraints, but he's inviting us into free and free indeed. Free and free indeed. That is an incredible thought. It's a wonderful thought. Live in the truth. Live in me, he says. Be free in me, he says. So then the question is, how do we respond to that? How do you respond to that? Because, see, it demands a response on each one of us. I can't stand here and say on your behalf, Lord, we will live free. I can stand here on my behalf and say, Lord, I want to live free in you. I'm going to step into your presence. I'm going to allow you to... Work in me and through me so that I am free and free indeed. That's my response. But what's your response? Because, you see, we could go home today and we could be carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. Or we could go home today and we're completely free. Oh, yeah, sure, there's things that are going to brass us off, eh? You know, the wearing masks in church, it's, it makes it rather tricky to sing, doesn't it? And have you noticed that when, you, when you've got your mask on and you're breathing, you get to take it off, you take it off, and it hurts your lungs, eh? The cold air that rushes in, it's like, oh, that hurts. As you get, There's some things that are just really annoying. Let's be honest. But that doesn't impact our freedom because our freedom isn't about physical restriction. In this context, it's about the Spirit of God working in us, moving freely in and through us. So if the sun sets you free you're free indeed. You're free indeed. A picture I've used it before, but when I'm thinking about this, I think about the kid in the candy store. You know, the, 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 there's a kid in a candy store, if they've got five bucks in their, in their pocket, they've got $5 of freedom, haven't they? But if they're the owner's son or daughter, they see that candy store with completely different eyes. They think about that candy store in a completely different way. They just wander in there because it's theirs. They peruse the shelves. They may have something. They may have nothing. But it's theirs because they're the owner's kids. They see it completely different. And that's the way God wants us to live, in freedom. You know, we're not, it says we'll die in our sin if we don't know Him. But if we know Him, We are free and free indeed. That's like going through life with a completely different lens, completely different mindset, completely different heart set, completely different spirit set than a lot of those around us because we are free and free indeed. Can I ask you today, honestly, would you call yourself free? Internally, eternally, are you free? Because if the Sun sets you free, you are free. And that's a fact. You are free. I'm a son and I'm a daughter or a daughter of God. I know I'm right with God, I'm fully secure and I'm free in God because of the Son, because of Jesus, because of what He's done.